0: mutants. Since the discovery of their existence they have been regarded with fear, suspicion, often hatred. Across the planet debate rages. Are mutants the next link in the evolutionary chain or simply a new species of humanity fighting for their share of the world? Either way it is an historical fact. Sharing the world has never been humanity's defining attribute.
1: again this is buck benny speaking i am joined by alicia say hello to everybody alicia hello <laughs> i'm joined by hunter hey <laughs> and matt hello and maddie hey
2: maddie
1: hi. hi maddie so uh we are on x-men we are on the second episode of x-men uh the new x-men it's focusing on uh, last episode, we talked about the giant size X-Men number one. Now we get started with the actual comic. Uh, number 94 of the X-Men is where the new X-Men took over and started to become uh, a series. So on this new X-Men, uh, in number 94, it's actually a two-part story in 94 and 95. And the reason it's a two-part story is originally they were talking about doing, instead of um, having the series start back up, they were going to do a giant size quarterly. So the first issue was of course, then introducing the new team. And then uh, the next um, uh, in the fall, I guess, or whatever it was, I don't remember when the other one came out, I think it was beginning of summer, uh, would have been the second issue, which would have been a double-sized issue and a giant size. And then every quarter you'd get another double-sized issue. What's funny is I was thinking, well, I'm glad they didn't do that. We actually get a lot more because we get this comic that's, but it's not a monthly comic. It's a bi-monthly. So I started thinking about that. And I was like, okay, you're getting 32 pages six times a year if it's bi-monthly, right? So it's not, you're actually getting less than you would have if you got giant sizes quarterly, you would have got a lot more issues. Um, a couple extras. you would have got the equivalent of eight issues a year instead of six. Though I'm not sure, because sometimes comics were listed as bi-monthly, but they, but they were released eight times a year. Comics are so strange. When they said bi-monthly, I always thought that meant twice a month, but that's bi-weekly, is twice a month. And they've done bi-weekly comics at times, and they've even done weekly comics at times, tried different things out. Um, X-Men has been everything at different times. They've released all different ways. But at this point in time, they were just trying to reboot the series and so they decided to go with bi-monthly and so Chris Claremont broke the story in two and had it be the next but he when he talks about he talks about it kind of being one contained story because he's in his head I think he still thinks of it as putting it together as one story. Uh, Anyway uh, we we start off the very first scene with um, Xavier talking to his x-men and just kind of rambling on and then he gets interrupted by Sunfire and uh what do we think about the whole Sunfire issue I thought having Sunfire in this comic as an ongoing uh Asian in a comic would be a really cool thing so uh do do we enjoy the fact that we have Sunfire in this series for the next 20 years or not so much
0: (laughs) (laughs) Very much um, leaned into the stereotypes about uh, Japanese people, but mostly Japanese men at the time. Um, We all remember World War II, and it was very common, a trope. um, I don't know how true it was. I wasn't alive nor in Japan at the time, (laughs) but it was a very common trope. Um, that you know, the Japanese were especially influenced by propaganda relating to, you know, their dedication to their homeland and their emperor. So here, just seeing like the my dedication is to this and that, and the emperor, And I was just like, okay, we're going there, okay. Yep. So,, um, that was definitely interesting. Justin, like, yeah, this was, you know, there's some things where you're definitely like, it was written by an American, so I see why. But looking back, you're like, oh, that's, that's not the best. <laughs> you're trying to get in your Asian representation.
1: Right. And uh, I, I'd, I'd done a little reading on, on Sunfire and kind of where he started out. And I knew he'd shown up in the original X-Men series towards the very end and it was right at the end it was he was in issue number 64 uh, 66 was the last issue until they went to re- re- reprints for the next from 66 until 93 were all reprints and then 94 this issue was the first new one um with a new con a new story in it um but when you read roy thomas who is uh famous writer, and and the writer who introduced Sunfire, actually, he says that he was trying to talk uh, Stan into introducing him far earlier in the X-Men's history, like might even been towards the beginning of the X-Men as one of the original members. Uh, He wanted to have uh, a a Japanese uh, representation that was where his parents were, he was born after uh, his parents were in Nagasaki or Hiroshima or something, one of those two, and that he, uh, that that's why he ended up being uh, a mutant. And I thought that was interesting, but he, and he really didn't elaborate too much. He just said, Stan didn't like the idea or didn't want to go for it. But then he said, years later, when he was given more autonomy to do whatever he wanted to do, and especially X Sexman, was kind of dying out and they only had a few issues left. could introduce the character and did um and then they brought him back for the giant size and for this issue for a few pages and then he leaves and i thought to me that's probably the most disappointing thing in this whole comic is getting rid of a somebody that could have represented asians when asians weren't represented other than you know kung fu fighting karate people in in the various comics and i think that it would have at least Sunfire had a power that wasn't related to karate or anything like that, which I thought was good. Um,
0: um, let me info dump for us a, a little bit.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I think that that is uh, the idea about, you know, his parents being in Hiroshima and Nagasaki is bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, considering the, like, real-life birth defects and, um, like, there were mutations, (laughs) don't get me wrong, there were mutations after that for, but it was, it's still a very touchy topic for, um, you know, a country yep. that was bombed and then having an American writer incorporate that into a Japanese story storyline might be a little bit.
1: Mm. Um, I stand had issues with it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, like it could have been like, are you sure about that buddy? Yeah, um, sure. But it also could have been for whatever, whatever reason. I don't know if he, you have a cited reason. Um, but, Oh, there's something else that I was going to say, but I forgot.
1: We'll come back to you. Um, Matt, and uh, Matt, what, do, what do you think about the – should they have kept Sunfire? Was it fine to have him go? I mean, his outfit is a little over the top for me, but that's here or there.
2: Uh, you know, I, I like the uh, – he really fit the whole, you know, international aspect of the team. And I would like to see them stick around more than five minutes after they got back from Krakatoa. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it's, it, it's hard to say, but, you know, it probably depends on how they wrote him. If they continued to write him in that stereotypical fashion, then it'd be less interesting, but um, it doesn't sound like they really had plans long-term for him sticking around on the, on the team. So, you know, they could write him as kind of a, angry character that nobody wants to be around anyway and and he was used fairly in a disposable way but you know if they, if yeah, they did it differently he would have he could have been a more interesting character for the team
1: being as len wayne Wien uh, wrote the first issue um and this is chris claremont's first issue i don't know if they had set ideas for who the team was going to be or if len was just setting up to essentially what it seems like Len just set it up to be, well, here's a giant number of characters and whoever follows me can do what they want with them. Len, uh, I saw an interview with, there's a a great interview. I'll try and link to it on this show notes here. Uh, It's called, I think it's called Chris Claremont's X-Men. Anyway, it has, I I believe it has Len on it, or if he's not on it, he's quoted on it or something, but uh, saying essentially, uh, he was going to, he, he wanted to do the series. If it was pitched to him as a quarterly and he thought he could do a quarterly, when it was a bi monthly, he just had too much on his plate and said he didn't think he could do a bi monthly, also with the concerns that it could go monthly at some point. So um, I'm not sure, you know, why he stepped down. But anyway, he stepped down, he laid it out so to, to it could be any of the characters. And I just thought they'd keep the younger international cast and not pare down some of their international folks on there. Um, as I think Alicia pointed out last time, I think it's good to just have those characters, even if you're portraying them wrong, at least over time, they're still in the book and eventually somebody hopefully will bring some nuance to the character. And I think If we had Sunfire from then until now, I think some great things would be done with his character at some point in time. It might not have been for the first five years or 10 years, but at some point somebody would have done something good with that character. Um, Now, I think the character appears in other places, certainly later on and so forth, but uh, not as a regular X-Men character that I know of. Uh, Alicia, you wanna say something?
0: So um, there are two things. First of all, his outfit being um, reminiscent of the Rising Sun mm-hmm. Japanese flag from Imperial Japan—not a good idea. Um, it's essentially the Confederate flag of the um, of the East considering all the war crimes that imperial japan committed upon uh like the philippines and china right. so that's oh, that would not be great for them to keep um i i, I do like his little like fire gauntlets and like yeah. shin stuff and his mask is interesting uh but i just wanted to comment every time i saw his costume i was like oh no oh. <laughs> that's <not laughs> something they would be able to keep for too long
3: <laughs> i like his costume, but that's entirely just because I had an action figure of him as a kid, uh, and for the longest time, I don't think I knew what he was from. I just had him, and a bunch of other random action figures. And then later, I've learned that he's in like five comics. I'm like, I might be one of like seven people that actually have an action figure of this man.
0: <laughs>
3: he looks cool. He like, looks
0: cool. Yeah, I really like his mask. Um, but the other thing that I wanted to say is another um, thing about how you were talking about the guy who was trying to, like, ask Stan Lee to do, like, these different things with Sunfire. It's actually, like, with this particular character and the way that they are have him, like, personified, I think it would be almost bad if they had... Um, him be Japanese American because Japanese Americans at the time were getting all the flack in the world for, um, you know, maybe like not committing themselves to uh, the United States as a cause. And it was a really big thing for a while in the time of Japanese internment and just huge like scares about the Japanese where Um, the U.S. government would be like, hey, can you commit yourself fully to America? Will you be, do you renounce Japan? And like, do you renounce this and that? And there are people who said no, because, you know, maybe they weren't 100% for Imperial Japan, but they were also like, "Eh, I'm not going to commit to anything like this. And they were thrown in jail for it. So I think that it's interesting seeing This character who's like a nationalist caricature for sure, but that's Captain America as well. A lot of the time, written depends on who he's written by, but uh, you know, like a lot of the time, that's that's all right. It's not if if
1: you're gonna be be a a characterization of of the nation and you're written by someone in that nation that's one thing that's one thing yeah but but to to have a american writer write a characterization of a japanese hero as representing the japanese nation that's pushing it to me and and i would immediately soften that a lot if i was writing that because like uh, a good case is storm storm doesn't represent Africa or say uh, that, that, that Storm is more just a kind of a, a refugee character who, who is living on the streets and everything and then grew up and, and more symbolizes um, just just struggle and, and trying to find a, find a way out and find a way to be successful. And she found a way to be a superhero, which of course we can all try and do <laughs> uh matt you have any insights into this uh, discussion at all or uh as far as as far as the character goes you were saying that they should they just probably just need to jettison him and you're probably right with the way he was i think you had to jettison unless you were going to change him quite a bit
2: yeah well no, that's that's what i was getting at was like the way i mean he, he didn't have a lot of page time and he just came off as very abrasive and it's like, well, he's, he's pretty obnoxious and annoying. Again, if you'd written him, as you said, less, less, less aggressively nationalist and less of just kind of a general jerk, he could have been a more interesting character. But, um, the other thing I guess you look at his power set doesn't add anything particularly unique because he shoots energy rays and he flies and you have other people that do both of those things on the team. So he's not bringing a super unique power to the, to the, to the team. What he brought was the international flavor and like I think we've pretty well covered. That was, that was poorly done. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I, I think you're right. I think that's interesting to point out that with a character a Congo character, you not only look at their personality and what they bring, but you also look at their power and what they bring. And is it a power that works well with the rest of your team or is it or not? That's the thing. Um, you pointed out last time, I believe that, you know, getting rid of Hawk, uh, not Hawkman, getting rid of Angel that is essentially Hawkman. Uh, it just has the wings and flies around. It doesn't seem like much of a power. And so, uh, it would make sense to, to not have him and I guess that segues us into losing the rest of the X-Men team very quickly the original X-Men um I was hoping some of them would would have stuck around um I, I was kind of this issue I don't love for the fact that it just quickly sheds a huge amount of the uh possible possibilities and, and possible characterizations in that everybody just leaves Um, and it leaves a smaller core team, which I suppose they needed, but still, it always makes me question. I mean, like I said before, I would have kept Polaris for sure. Uh, Maybe let the rest of the old team go. Well, to
3: show you how little they cared about them, was Polaris even in this issue when the rest of them decided to leave? I don't think Polaris was drawn. This, on this part of the background she might not have a spoke, speaking line but usually i, I know that havoc it. had one line polaris might have been in the background of the panel he was in well, here, but... let me
1: share my screen and then we'll take a look at that so i've got there we go so now I'm, i'll just take this down a little bit and we can see i don't see you're right i don't see polaris there in that shot, for sure. And uh, and now the comic's blank. There we go. Now it pulled up. Let's see. Got Sunfire's Sunfire, yeah. rant. And after his rant, oh, yeah. Then Banshee. Banshee's staying on, which was fine. Yeah. Maybe she was not even. Wait, wait, scroll up. I think maybe. I just saw her, too. Yeah. Well, oh, there we see the back of her head. You see the and back of her right head here. in
3: one panel. And here we back see of her, her head okay and she's in the background of one other panel she's in two Man. panels this issue yeah as you can see i do not think the writers cared much about polaris i don't know spot. why it's i think she's interesting i think she's pretty daughter of magneto is a fun thing to play around with yeah the stuff you could interesting powers i mean maddie what do you think about people with colored hair? Do you
1: think that that's an interesting look to have colored hair? Or do you think they shouldn't have colored hair? I don't know. Maybe you'd have some insights. <laughs> <laughs> You're yeah. our own Polaris. <laughs> yeah.
2: uh, we could do
1: worse. No, no. It, no I know. No, I've always... I thought it was... Yeah, you could back be then, having when I was watching the comic back then. I thought, well, that's kind of cool. Somebody with green hair, and you never saw that now in society. You see all kinds of people with all different color hair, which is kind of cool. But, uh, but, uh, I don't know, Maddie. Do you like the team they ended up keeping? Or, Maddie, did you hear? I, <laughs> you guys are cute. on mute, by the way. You're muted, both of you.
2: No, we had a uh, localized distraction here for a second.
1: Oh, OK. <laughs> what was the question? Question was, does Maddie or you like the team they ended up going with?
0: I mean, yeah, I started reading. I think I started reading Men at this point, mm-hmm. right?
2: Yeah, so the, the first thing... The That's,
0: f- like, one of the first things that the, I've the read. The first started- X-Men
2: that she read, that Maddie read, was um, the, the Omnibus starting with yep. last week's issue, the giant size, and, and continuing from here. And I noticed they read solidly all the way up through the Phoenix Saga. Yeah. Right.
0: So I didn't have, like, a whole lot of kind of, like, attachments to any of the old team as much. Right. Um, I do agree that Polaris would've been cool to keep on though. Um, Just with like, what's other things?
1: Have more female representation probably instead of just Oro, yeah. And how do you say her name? Storm's name is Aurora, is that right? I believe so. Okay, I'll just call her Storm, makes life easier. But <laughs> safest option, yeah. That's right. That's right. But uh, no, I, I I find it hard to believe that anybody would argue too much with. I think Storm is a great character to keep on. I think I think Colossus. It'd
3: be quicker to go through the characters that people could argue.
1: Well, right. No, I'm just saying. I'm saying yeah, because because Wolverine, Nightcrawler. I mean, those guys. They're they're all very
3: Banshee is really the only one. From the team that you could make an argument for dropping. Yeah. Banshee and or Scott, but Scott is... I feel like you got to keep at least one person from the original team, and Scott is the most memorable one from the original team. Right. At least in old comics and newer comics, Scott is the worst. Just, he's terrible.
1: Now, I can't remember, was Beast on the island? Nope. No. So we never... He was on the cover of that issue, but he wasn't actually on the island or anything. At that point, he's a, he's an Avenger, and he's over in the Avengers he's, or something.
2: He's with the Avengers at this point, I think. Um, yeah. yeah, of all the... Uh, yeah, the the original team members, I think Beast would have been the most interesting, but they'd already moved him on during the period when X-Men was in reprints. He moved on because he was the most interesting character on the team, right. other than maybe Gene's psychic abilities. He was probably the most interesting character on the team. So they put him in
3: Avenger. Are you telling me Man with Wings is not a compelling. Rich Man with Wings is not a compelling <laughs> character? Well, I,
2: I, I think I said last week, like, that dude in our world, really cool. That dude in the uh, Marvel Universe,
0: yeah. <sighs>
2: no.
0: um, because I would have like to keep probably a different original member than cyclops but i feel like either cyclops or beast who is already with the avengers would have probably been the best as like a kind of mentor like you know to the new team members being in the x-men
3: yeah also this this is probably just an effect of uh the art style from older comics but they keep on referring to the new team as being younger they all look the exact same age. Yeah. yeah. That's definitely just a. Old comics tend to draw everyone looking about the same age. Like, even Peter looks like he's 25 half of the time. Right. I,
2: I, well, and they, they either, it's, they all look about the same age until they become elderly, mm. and then they look desiccated. So you've got Aunt May who looks like she's about a thousand years old in in Spider-Man
0: comics. And the only thing with children is like the same kind of thing, just short.
3: (laughs) It's like they just cut off their legs and said, it's a child. (laughs) Well, they did talk about that a little bit
1: in uh, uh, the interview thing I was watching. And I thought it was interesting because I hadn't heard this before. Uh, Len who's, who wrote the original issue um, and I'm not sure if he's the one who wrote the very first appearance of Wolverine I think he might have been but I can't remember anyway his impression was that Wolverine was one of the youngest members like 18 or 19 is what he was going with for Wolverine <laughs> with, with Chris Claremont when he took over he, he was thinking well the way he treats people and the way he he doesn't seem that young. He seems older, and so. It's like a boomer. Was, but young is kind of boring, and middle of the road's kind of boring. So he's a like, "Well, let's go the other way and say that he's really, really old." And then it was like, "How old is he?" And it, and he was thinking, with his mutant he, healing factor and everything, he could be really
3: old. And of course, they. As time's gone on, they've just made him older and older, older and older right. as they want to keep on changing his origin. Like, I'll just make him another hundred years older.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, does anyone know now how old he's supposed to have been? Uh, I, think I believe it's, Didn't they show him like in the Revolutionary War. I was going to say,
3: I think it's still Revolutionary War is when he was born. Yeah. So, I mean,
1: that's a long time ago. So, interesting. But yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking as far as age goes. And w- my impression with the rest of them is that they're supposed to be in their late 20s, early 30s, maybe the original X Men team. And the younger, newer team is probably their late teens. I-, I think Colossus is probably supposed to be 18 or 19, up to, uh, I assume Nightcrawler is in his early 20s. And then I just get the impression Storm's a little older, like more
3: like 24, 25 or something. But maybe- well, that, that, well, that makes the Kitty Pride Colossus romance that will come up in future more comforting to me. Yeah. I always thought there was like a 10-year age gap there. and no. was very uncomfortable. Yeah, but I
1: think there was... He was supposed to be like 18, and she started out at what, 14, 13? I don't know. Anyway... If she's fourteen, then you're going okay. That's only four years difference, but it's still a little weird. But it's uh,
3: it's still one year off of pedophilia.
1: Yeah, yeah. But they don't do anything. I, I don't. I, I think it's just more of, and I'm more. It's more on her part crushing on him. I think for a number of years before they do any, any anything. So Ooh, also uh, two dates at a time or more. Yeah, go ahead.
3: Warbird, still here alicia any updates on how they're categorizing warbird isn't it thunderbird now it's thunderbird yeah Uh,
0: how dare you first of all
3: (laughs) i'm sorry he's just such a memorable character how could i forget his name
1: later on and the reason i called him warpath last time because his brother his younger brother eventually becomes warpath and what's nice uh, with warpath is they feature him for for a while over on new mutants i believe and uh his character it kind of gave a chance to develop the character more in things essentially it's just bringing back the Thunderbird character but as his brother Um, but in this case we had Thunderbird in here he's the other obnoxious one besides uh, Sunfire and but it's nice that they're going to keep the they, they only killed off one Not I mean they didn't kill him off they got rid of one obnoxious one I'm sure that uh, Thunderbird over the course of years will probably tame down and uh, it it could be a really interesting. Uh, I'm excited to see how his rivalry with Wolverine really starts shaping up. Yes. I think that'll be interesting. So, and played off of for years. Um,
3: Anyway, we we shall find out as we move ahead. But yes, Alicia, (laughs) your opinions on his character in this book as well?
0: Why was he the only one who got uh, hit by the laser? That's all I want to know. He, is- I think
3: they're
1: playing him, Alicia, as the reckless one who's not paying as much attention in things, and so probably just rushed through this thing and got hit with a laser. And uh, like
3: how he was the first one to run into the danger room. He's like, "Oh, I got this. I don't need the yeah, plan." Right, right. Macho man. Yep. And that's sort of how he proceeds,
1: and so it gets himself into trouble. He bites up more than he can chew sometimes. Um. Do I think it's unfortunate they chose his character to be the one to do that? I'd say yes. Um, but uh, it is what they do. So uh, what do you think about that, anybody? About uh, what do you... Matt, Maddie, what do you guys think about the Thunderbird character?
2: You know, I, I feel like, I mean, we, we joke about it, but we all know where his character is going. Very shortly, and the same thing with 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 Sun Sunfire leaving the team. It's like modern writers have gotten a lot better about making you care about a character or like a character Mm -hmm. before they leave the team dramatically or something bad happens to them. It's like it's pretty low stakes when it's like, oh no, don't go. Please stay, <laughs> jerk. Um, you know, in this issue and then upcoming, it's like, oh no, they killed off one of my not at all favorite
3: characters. Yeah, yeah well, um, like in like in this issue, yeah, so the it's, it's, main it's, team leaving was much more impactful than Sunspot leaving. Mm-hmm. But I guess the other side Sunfire. of Sunfire.
0: <laughs>
3: but, but
1: with Sunfire and with Thunderbird there could be someone that picks up the giant size looks through it and goes, Oh, look, there's finally, finally, finally a character that looks like me or represents me a little bit. Now his attitudes might not be the same as mine. And I might not like the way he's portrayed in this, but at least he's there. At least I'm represented now. And that's just sad to think that that Asian person has to watch that character just leave without any character growth or anything and then uh or they have to go and pick up one of the uh master of kung fu title or whatever they're going to grab that's that's
3: more um stereotypical um. who was the next asian character in x-men the only one i can really think of is psylocke no young no the young x-men the new mutants had a asian character on it karma that would probably be the next
1: one i think and she was i think she was vietnamese oh as well. my apologies
3: but that's okay I mean, it is I it is asian
1: but i know it is and and so i'm just saying that that's why i think were Vietnamese. i might be wrong um I believe Psylocke was Japanese, though. Yeah, could be, but there's so few in between. Yeah, and then, yeah, and then yeah, they after
2: Go ahead. She was she was Japanese after she was an old British woman.
3: That is, that is correct. Technically, they were two different people that had their brains swapped. Mm-hmm. So That's she, a story for another time. So she
1: <laughs> was an old British person inside of the. It, bon it
3: was Distan. it was It was uh, Captain Britain's sister right became Psylocke
0: um I just looked it up and there are 23 Asian people in uh X-Men oh wow Ah.
1: there's 23 white people in this book (laughs) yeah and there's probably hundreds of white this
0: has to be wrong there's no way
1: (laughs) that there's 23
0: only there to...
2: are there are a ton of obscure because well the, one, there's a bunch of teams and there's a ton of obscure characters. So I'm right. sure as far well, as far as like mainline teams, sure. major characters, it's gotta
3: be a lot lower than that.
1: Because wasn't there like a hundred more locks? There's probably seven right there just on the Morlocks or something. Oh,
3: Jubilee, of course. Um I was gonna say isn't Jubilee part Asian? Yes. We're just gonna say Asian for now but instead yeah, of trying to remember yeah. specifically. Uh, Lady Deathstrike, Blink, mm-hmm.
0: Jubilee, Red Lotus, Zorn, Sway. Okay,
3: uh, yeah, is Zorn's Asian. I didn't know because he's his face is just a metal mask. Okay. Nice. <laughs> he, he he's literally living inside a cage his whole life. Well, my question that's even.
1: Higher concern for me, or one that how many uh indigenous people do we have that are uh superheroes and things? Uh,
3: once again, New Mutants had a well, they had, had Moonstar, Moon okay, a- and Moonstar, one of the main characters. You're, you're right, you're right. Moonstar, yeah. there was Forge, yes, Shaman from Alpha Flight, yep. That's about it for recognizable ones.
1: Yeah. But I looked it up. I looked up Native American.
3: And they've been around longer than a lot of the Asian characters. I Googled Native American characters in X-Men. One of the ones that shows up is Demon Bear. You know, the Demon Bear that showed up in a couple issues of New Mutants. Mutants. Yeah. I don't know if I would describe that as a character. Well, or if I did,
1: it's a bear. <laughs> it doesn't seem to be any ethnic group, but maybe it's inhabited by the mind of uh, Native American. I'm not sure. Anyway, um yeah, it's, you know, again, they were trying to do something with this international stuff. It's just too bad they didn't bring more of it to fruition or what wasn't handled a little better. Um, what do we think about this story? Uh, this issue? Um, anybody have anything about this story? It was like half told. It's not like it's uh, like a story.
3: It's 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 pretty eh. Uh, and yeah. it's, you know it's it's comic book story guy yep. bad guy steals weapon good guys go get weapon back.
1: Well, I think here's what I think. I think similar to the Fantastic Four that we just reviewed, that was the main focus was introducing their new costumes and their fantastic car and so they didn't want to probably waste much of a villain there cuz a lot of the time was going to be spent on the characters and things in this case the issue is basically whittling down the team um, training the new team. by training the new team right bonding we- the new team together establishing what their personalities are and so again the storyline and who the bad guy is is not a, as big of a thing. And so they have probably one of their weakest bad guys, really. We saw the first
3: instance of the fastball special being used. There you go. Famous X-Men move. Yes. I did not realize it was used this early on. Neither did I. I was surprised. I thought that was going to come up later. If Right. Now, I can't remember. Did they call yeah, it I noticed, they, didn't,
2: they didn't make a big deal about it. It was just one panel in the danger room. It yeah. was kind of
3: like that... Uh... It, it was called Maneuver First Appearance. Mm-hmm. It was called Maneuver Seven.
1: Okay. Yeah. And, but then it would become a big thing over time. Probably the most famous tandem move that I can think of of two different characters ever, except for maybe Wonder Twins' powers activate. But other than that, it was uh, the biggest move.
3: One of the few moves in Western comics where much like in manga, they yell out the name of the move as they use it. Yes.
1: <laughs> fastball special. <laughs> but for those of you who don't know what the fastball special is, I suppose we should explain it. It's essentially... You could, you could open
3: up the panel where it is. I can
1: if I can find it. It went, How far in was it? Distance. When oh, in and, the danger and, room. I love this part here where they're talking about it being uh, uh, Sunfire talks about how is it Sunfire or is it? I think, no, hang on. Which character is it? One of the, Oh, Wolverine talks about, Oh, this is just a soap opera, you know? And then essentially they go on to do essentially a soap opera sort of goodbye for Jean. And I love you, but you need to go your way and I need to go mine and all of that. And, um Anyway, and so then they're getting trained in the danger room, and we got to find maneuver number seven, wherever it is in there.
3: It's not. Is it? Is it it's it's it's, bef- it's before this. Okay.
1: So it's in this danger room segment somewhere, but it's not in this. And that was like the beginning of it, wasn't it?
3: Huh. see if i can find it
1: you watch (laughs) you may have been reading the the classic Mm, which might have had it and maybe the classic version threw that in there as as a as the first time that we would see the fast i think that might be what it was it could be because it might not have been yeah because
3: looking through this now because i definitely read the classic one first there's definitely a lot of more danger room stuff in there
1: yeah so i guess Yeah, you're right. There was a lot more dangerous stuff. Um, Let's talk about that for a second. So, they created the series. It became ultra popular, you know, within not in the right of the beginning. I mean, you got to remember, it was struggling to get enough books to sell each month for quite a while. And then, basically, when John Byrne came on, or right before that, it really started to take off and then just became the most popular comic on the planet uh, for a while. And uh, who's got their music playing? <laughs> Is that me? <laughs> anyway, somebody had music playing. Let's uh, move on. So, so anyway, Thank so you. this becomes ultra popular. I, I feel
2: like since we were completely wrong about, I, I was saying, I feel like for uh, since we were completely wrong about that and had the little had uh, stuff going on, maybe we could just cut that part out and add it to the blooper reel for end of the season. Oh,
1: of course. <laughs> yeah. We can do that. But anyway, let me explain the the, the classic. So, so essentially it was really popular and then people wanted to read the early books and they cost a fortune to buy the early books. So they decided to release what was called classic X-Men. And to make it interesting, they thought they would have some of the original teams. And I didn't realize this, but they went back to Len Wein to have him write some of the um, extra bits that are in the books. So sometimes there would just be a few extra pages they would add to an existing story other times they would add a separate story and in this case that's what they did uh, was they what they added to the danger room sequence and that's what hunter was remembering
3: it was anyway, the original snyder cut
1: yeah that's right that's right and so uh except good yeah <laughs> but uh so for this issue is there anything else anybody wants to point out about anything they saw in this issue that they thought was interesting, or that pretty much cover it? Everybody's good? Okay. Um, what we will do is we will be back with you next time to cover uh excuse me, X-Men There's... 90. Hang on, X-Men 95. Uh, and that which is the second half of the story. And then, uh, right now, we'll go to Hunter's Corner, and he's going to present Hunter's Comic Corner and give us a recommendation Thank you
3: read from uh,
1: I, ties into this issue. I,
3: I thought you were skipping the best segment of this whole show. Oh, no, I
1: could never skip that.
3: The show where I get to talk about modern comics, everyone's favorite type of comic. Yeah. Today, this comic recommendation is based off of, are you sad that Sunfire is gone? Have I got the book for you? That's right. It's Sunfire and Big Hero 6. The first time Sunfire had his name in a comic. It's also the first appearance of Big Hero 6. If you, which got later turned into an animated Disney movie. Uh, It's it's Without Sunfire, may I point out? (laughs) This is true. But also to be fair, all later adaptations of Big Hero 6 have also not had Sunfire in it. (laughs) he's only in the first miniseries uh but if you want to see you know just that, a little bit more of him uh and quite possibly his only like no, note, noticeable role go read sunfire and big hero 6 published oh, in i believe 2016 i want to say it was oh wow so pretty recently sorry i'm completely wrong it was 1998
1: Okay, that sounds more reasonable. I was going, "Wow, that sounds really." Especially <laughs> considering the
3: movie. The-, <laughs> the movie came out in twenty seventeen. Yeah, <laughs> it was really by just light on fire. My goodness. they loved the book. No, yeah.
1: and released um, a movie within nine months. They just fast tracked
3: it anyway. Sunfire, Big Hero Six. You can read it. And, you know, you can compare it to the movie. You will notice quite a few differences. It is very heavily. I don't know. Can I use a- adapted as a verb? to yep. imply changing it. It's very heavily adapted for yep. uh, the movie. Well, tell me this. Um, how long does it run roughly? The miniseries? Three yep. issues. Oh, so it's short. It's a very short read. Uh, originally, Big Hero 6's premiere was supposed to be in Alpha Flight number seven. However, uh, because of some issues, they actually appeared in their three-issue miniseries first, and then were in Alpha Flight number nine oh okay okay
1: alpha they were in alpha flight number nine
3: the in one of the one of the renumbers that was that was 2005 oh okay it it was uh, after they rebranded and uh, did relaunch famously the original alpha
1: flight number nine was the issue where they they lost their main character and and uh which was still one of the major surprises i've ever had in comic books because he was like the featured character up until that point and then all of a sudden he's gone and uh uh, that was a really strange thing and and it was a book that was trying to find its way and find its its audience and so to burn off your it'd be it'd be like if in the x-men all of a sudden they just killed off wolverine um you know nine issues in not not like far in i mean he and he's the only character that was really of note before that um I guess kind of like Sunfire and Big Hero Six, where they got rid of Sunfire. So, yes. Anyway, but uh, enjoy uh, that comic and uh, go back and read Alpha Flight. Or if you'd like to come in and order Alpha Flight from me, I have under <laughs> <laughs> nose
3: probably. <laughs> what do I got? Five. You had you have eleven sets of Alpha Flight one through five fully. <laughs> and then maybe four or five copies of every other book going up to like issue 20. Yeah. So I, I have a lot of those lying around. You <laughs> thought it was going to be the next big thing. I did, and it I,
1: and it really wasn't. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks for joining us and enjoy your X-Men. Oh, and if you uh looked, this page actually that I've got up right now is I was I was saying that Cochran was known. For that, having a big central figure head and then people doing stuff all around it. And if you remember back to last issue, I had, I showed a very similar picture to this that was from his DC days where he did the same shot. Um, I haven't seen anybody else do this but Cochrane, but Cochrane loves this shot for some reason of the main character thinking deep thoughts and then everybody doing stuff all around his head. So, uh, Anyway, there you go. <laughs> and enjoy and we'll see you guys next time. Bye everybody. Right. We'll have links to all the books below. Bye. Check out our links. Uh tell us if you like us. Uh share us. Do whatever you want. Uh let me figure out how to get out of this. I always <laughs> gotta find it's over here.
3: Bye bye.